1: It's time to get inside the Giants' huddle. Let's go,
0: let's go, let's go! On giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the it. Giants' mobile
1: app. Give me some juice! Part of the Giants' podcast network. Let's
0: roll! Welcome to another episode of the Giants' huddle podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. I am John Schmelk. You recognize this guy, Sean O'Hara, Super Bowl champion. And guys, as I've mentioned on a previous episode, we're going to have huddles five days a week now during the season. And our staple on Tuesday is he's here shooting all his TV stuff, so he's going to give us some time is the great Sean
1: O'Hara? Sean, it's good to have you, man. Yeah, John, great to see you. Thanks for having me on. We got to come up with a branding segment for the Tuesday. I don't know what would we call it—Fat Tuesdays? Do we call it Taco? I think Tuesday? we got to call it the Center Exchange
0: to relive our glories wow. days from like 2007 and 2008, right? Wow,
1: we're turning back the clocks of time right there.
0: And, right? If, and if anybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> you are our core audience. Yes. Thank you very much for sticking with us for 15 years, by the way.
1: Yeah, Boy, <laughs> that that was a grainy—that was probably grainy footage if we get a Oh, that was SD. Yeah. Uh, that was that was pre-HD. Yeah, that was that might have been on a beta, <laughs> or that might have been on, on, on a VHS. Exactly. For those of you that know what that is, I,
0: I think we actually were recording that on beta back then. Believe yeah. it or not, I think we actually were. <laughs> Real, real film. So this is great. So we're going to have Sean on Tuesday. Usually we're going to be doing more reacting to the previous week's game. By this time each week, Sean and I will have gone through the tape and we can kind of get into some of the deeper tape stuff from the game on Sundays. Obviously, no game that we're going to talk about this week. We're going to look ahead to Dallas a little bit, and we'll do some of that in our future shows as well. Usually these will be around 20 or so minutes. Um, we're a little backed up against BBK today, so maybe we'll be closer to 15. We'll see how it goes. So, Sean, Giants-Cowboys week one. I hate playing the division rival in week one because I want to see these two teams figure out who they are and then see them play in the middle of October. That's what I want. As a player Is that what you want Or is this fun for you That you can kind of Kick off the season Wing bang boom Right away division rival
1: Yeah it's an interesting debate And I think To your point It's like hey If you could play an AFC team In week one And you know And, and then The divisional games Because they kind of count A little bit more Play the Saints
0: week. Or the Raiders
1: Yeah I'm, I, I, I understand that aspect of it I, I'll, I'll say this Anytime we could open Week one with Dallas I'm all for it See all the players love it I, I'm not I, surprised I want it Give me give me the juice Give me, give me all all, all of the smoke. I want it all. Week one, and it's Sunday night football. I love the fact that it's at home. I love the fact that Giants fans get to experience that because the the, the electricity at Medlock Stadium is going to be palpable. And everybody wear blue, right? We've got a blue out coming. Yeah. Um, be giant. I've played Dallas numerous times in week one. I feel like every year in week one, it was, oh, it was always down in Dallas. Yeah, it was. So I liked that aspect of it. And to your point, we thumped them a couple of times, and it was great. It was a great feeling to be one know You've already got a divisional win, and you beat one of your rivals. So I think it's it's a great opportunity to start the season off. We saw how a week one win can really just kind of launch and springboard your season last year when we went into Tennessee and beat the Titans. So it can absolutely be a great springboard. The alternative is true. If things don't work out, you kind of feel like you're behind the eight ball a little bit, but um, I love this matchup. I, I, I love the – The fact that the Dallas Cowboys, are they've got some change. Kellen Moore is no longer the offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy's taking over the duties. Um, But I like where the Giants are right now. This time last year, I think I would have had a different feel and different vibe. So I'm I'm glad we played them week three. Um, Lo and behold, Cooper Rush was actually the quarterback (laughs) in week three last year. Not Dak, he got hurt. So there's always those variable changes. but. I think this Giants team is in a totally different place this year. Year two of the of Brian Dable being the head coach, year two of Mike Kafka's offense and Dable's offense, and year two of Wing Martindale's defense. So I think this is a totally different platform for us to jump from.
0: All right, so let, let's build on the big picture thing before we get into the matchup specifically first, because I think you just hit it, right? How much do you think, and I've used this phrase a billion times, I'm tired of it already, have the Giants closed the gap, you think, From a talent perspective with Dallas and Philly, given everything they've done this offseason.
1: Yeah, great question. I think the Giants are a better team hands down right now than they were at any point in the team last year. Totally. From a talent standpoint. Now, the two biggest things, I'll start with the offense. Two biggest things that we needed to close that gap on or get better, really. I mean, that's what it is, is blocking. Like in the division, we were awful. Against Dallas, we were awful against Philly. Those two teams completely decimated us offensively. And Daniel Jones was running for his life. Um, you go back and you look at the Dallas Cowboys game. Week three, everybody was like, how are you going to block Micah Parsons? No, he wasn't the issue. It was DeMarcus Lawrence. Three, three sacks. Three sacks. Yep. So I, I think the Giants are going to be better at that. Evan Neal is going to be better um, last year as a young rookie. I mean, I don't even think he could buy a beer last season until halfway through the year that that's going to be better we're going to be better as an offense too about how do we game plan some things how do we try to take some things away from the defense not let them attack us from that standpoint and then the second thing offensively is separation we just did not have a lot of separation offensively from our receivers and tight ends i think darren wall is going to change darren wall is going to change a lot of that i think when you look at you know what jalen hyatt has already brought to this offense um his ability to stretch the field and run by safeties um, those are the two biggest things offensively. Um, defensively, I, I look at a very similar concept. We struggled to get pressure on the quarterback. In two games against Dallas last year, we had zero sacks. Not one, not one sack in either game, and that can't happen. Now, look, Dallas always, has always had good offensive linemen, so that's always been an issue. They've always had good tackles. Um, that hasn't changed, but that has to really change defensively. We've got to get more pressure. I look at Kayvon Thibodeau. In that second Dallas game, he actually had five quarterback hits. He didn't have any sacks, but he was starting to impact the game. He's got to hit the ground running week one now, and that's got to to start, of course, up front with Dexter and Leo in the middle. Um, But that's, I think, where the Giants have gotten so much better. That pass rush has to help out the secondary. Everybody knows. Two young corners. You got Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks. The best way to help out a young corner is to get some pressure on the quarterback. So those are the two biggest things that jump out at me when I look at all right. Have we gotten better in the division? We also drafted John Michael Schmidt. I think that's a huge factor. Evan Neal's gotta take a step. Like, why do why did we draft John Michael Schmidt in the second round? Not just because we need a center, but because you look at the division, what's Philly doing? Philly is loading up on pass rushers. They just drafted another one on Jalen Carter. They um you know drafted another one in Nolan Smith uh, outside so they're constantly reloading and and, and you know regrouping from a passer standpoint so that's where the giants had to get better and i think they did you're ready for a change payday comes early with citizens so go to that retreat new you moves to the country now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand are you ready for all that life brings
0: Giant Tuttle is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. From game day to everyday, Citizens is made ready for Giant fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com.
1: You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows, your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings?
0: All right, how do you think the Cowboys are going to utilize Michael Parsons this week? Are we going to see him over Evan Neal most of the time? You think it'll be Andrew Thomas? And he did get Andrew Thomas a couple times in that second game against the Giants last year. Are we going to see him stand up and stunt in the middle a lot? How do you think that matchup is going to play itself out? Because, you know, Dan Quinn and Mike Kafka have been trying to figure out how they're going to play chess against each other with Parsons and Lawrence and all those other pass rushers the Cowboys have.
1: I think they're going to move him around. I don't think you're going to see him line up on one side the entire game. He's going to be all over the place. And I think a lot of that is because they want to get him in space. But the way to create one-on-one matchups for a guy like Micah Parsons as well as Demarcus Lawrence is to rush five. So I think you're going to see a lot of the five down fronts. Now, the one thing that we have seen them do is – a five-down front means centers covered, both guards are covered, both tackles are covered. Now there are different ways to do that five-down defense look, and you could see Micah Parsons in the middle, lined up as the Mike linebacker, and five other guys down. One of those guys may be dropping, but that when Micah Parsons is lined up as the linebacker inside, he's blitzing the A gap,
0: almost like that. That uh, what is that called? The uh, Joker roll
1: a little bit, right? Right. Like, it's that, like, like a, the Bat Joker yeah. roll. Mm-hmm. Um, When you see Micah Parsons inside and at linebacker, he's coming on a blitz. Like he's not in there to to protect. He's not dropping. He's not dropping. He's not covering. (laughs) Like he is coming, and there's going to be some sort of a stunt. You go back even to you know two to three years ago, or when Micah Parsons first burst onto the scene. One of the things Dan Quinn did a lot of when he was a rookie was look, I just want you attacking, and they ran a lot of stunts and a lot of twists involving Micah Parsons. So that's. Um, one of the things that the Giants are going to have, they're going to have to figure out that fire. What, what is the blitz? What, what is the fire that we have to put out in this game? And the, you'll know it in the first third down. Where are you putting a Micah Parsons? So w- when you're watching this game, the first third down the Giants get, find out where he is, I'm and rolling. that's going to be the flavor of the week. Um, and, and I think... If if I'm Dan Quinn, I'm going to put Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence on the same side too at some point. And I'm going to to have them on the same side and stress your offensive line. The Giants have really struggled with that A-gap pressure and passing off any kind of twist between the center and the guards over the last couple of years. I fully expect Dan Quinn to try to exploit that again.
0: And Dallas kind of has that same NASCAR pass gauge that you guys used to run, right? They can run out Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, Lawrence, Parsons, uh, they got a bunch of defensive ends. Dorrance Armstrong, with eight and a half sacks last year, they can run four, or five defensive ends at the same time on some of those starting lines. Yeah, they'll bring
1: out that speed group, and nothing's more frustrating than being on a fourteen-play drive, and on play eight, they bring in fresh horses. You know, on defense, <laughs> you're like, "Excuse me, we've been out here the whole time. Like, nobody's <laughs> rotating with the old linemen, so we're we're gassed, and they got fresh legs."
0: All right, the other matchup I want to focus on is Dallas's playmakers on offense against the Giants' quarterback situation, right? I think we're going to see a Dory Jackson probably mirror City Lamb for much of this game. Sean would be my guess. Uh, especially since they seem to be comfortable with Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks outside. But those guys have their work cut out for them too, right? Against the veteran receiver and Brandon Cooks who knows all the tricks and also, by the way, ran a sub-4-4 four four at the Combine. Yeah. It's like eight nine years ago, but he's still fast. And then Michael Gallup another year off the ACL. So what do you think the Giants defense has to do to try to slow down those Cowboys playmakers? Because we talked about it before we started. We both think Mike McCarthy is going to try to air this thing out. This is not going to be a ground-and-pound type of uh, attack here.
1: I feel like this is a redemption trail for Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott because people have been Traction, both of them the entire offseason, Dak with the interceptions last year, and of course Mike McCarthy with now taking over the offense. So I, I do think we're going to see an aerial assault. Now, how do you help those guys? Get 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 pressure on the quarterback, like some way, shape, or form. Now, Wink Martindale, we saw it all preseason. We saw it last year. He's going to bring some blitzes. He's going to bring some pressure. The safeties are going to be there. So there's going to be man coverage. There's going to be opportunities for Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins to make a play, whether it's an interception or a pass breakup. They're going to get those one-on-one moments. Um, you can't give up the big play. I think that's the biggest thing. Look, it's OK if, if the guy makes the catch, but you have to tackle him. Like It can't be a big play. It can't be 20-plus, hey, he makes the catch, you miss the tackle, and he runs for a touchdown. Like can't have that. So that's the one thing, especially week one, it's tough. I call it sloppy September. The first week of the season, tackling is poor. A lot, Some of these guys haven't even really played in, in the preseason games. None of the Cowboys have so, their starters. Right, so, yeah. those, so those guys, maybe this is the first time they've actually live tackled somebody this entire year. I think that's a big part of the preseason, and certainly of week one, it kind of carries over into that. So um, that's going to be an interesting matchup. But uh, Dory Jackson, I think part of the reason why you move him into the slot corner aspect is because he is your best corner. We've heard all of that. We've talked about that. But when you look at the division, Dallas, CeeDee Lamb. He led the league in in receiving yards from the slot last season, so that's one reason why you do it. We have to beat Dallas. We have to beat Philly. AJ Brown, one of the best slot receivers, I and mean, he could play outside as well. But that's why you do that. So I think that matchup is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I will be curious to see how much blitz and how much pressure Wink Martindale brings because Dak Prescott is a veteran quarterback. I think he sees the field really well. He's good against the blitz. And. I think that the Cowboys, like they have good pass protectors. So the luster of that is if we're not getting pressure with our four guys, do I have to resort to that blitz? And now do I have to put my guys on an island? Um, How soon am I comfortable doing that? We'll see how the game dictates.
0: Yeah, we saw late in the year last year, Wink did call as much as he ever calls the dogs off, right? He called the dogs off a little bit in that, in those games versus the Vikings late last year when you have all the weapons, he did not blitz as much in those games, so it'll be interesting to see if he takes a similar tactic against Dallas. Giant fans love a winner, it's why they love Citizens. Named the 2022 best bank in the U.S. by the banker as the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle. Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at citizensbank.com. Sean, before we say goodbye here, we talked about some of the matchups that could give the Giants some trouble. What do you think are some matchups that the Giants might be able to take advantage of in this game or things they might be able to do to maybe attack some weaknesses of Dallas?
1: Yeah, well, it looks like um, Wilson, the safety for the Cowboys, um, is Wilson. a little yep. bit banged up. Um, so I, as soon as you see that, it's like, okay, so J. Ron Kearse now is going to fill in for his role. Uh, The first third down, I want to see, how do you match up against Waller? Like, what are you doing? Because there's two schools of thought, all right? You're going to put your safety on Darren Waller, let him go one-on-one and play man? I think that's a mismatch in, in the Giants' advantage. And I think there isn't a safety in the league right now that can really cover Darren Waller. I think the one guy that gave him issues last year in his division was Derwin James. But Derwin James is one of a kind. He gives everyone issues. Yeah, there's not a lot of big physical safeties like that that can also run. So that's going to be a great matchup. Or the other school of thought is we're going to double Darren Waller. Like you have to beat us with somebody else. So I think from that, if they do that, I think Jalen Hyatt is a mismatch. And I think depending on who ends up going with him, I'll be curious to see what do they do with Trayvon Diggs. Do they shadow him? Does Does he travel with somebody? Do they put Diggs on Waller? Do they say we're going to put our best on your best and try to, you know, we'll double somebody else and then we'll take care of it that way? I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. But Waller, I think, is definitely um, a a mismatch in the Giants' favor. Um, And then defensively, um, you know, I think Bobby Okereke. I'm really looking forward to seeing his impact on this defense. Zeke Elliott's not there, but Tony Pollard is a very explosive runner. And I think one of the things that Bobby Okereke does really well is he runs sideline to sideline. It's almost Urlacher-esque in how much ground he can cover. Um, Brian Urlacher did it for a long time. He's a Hall of Fame player. I want to put that pressure on Okereke, but when I see him run and when I see his length, he has long arms like Urlacher did. I think that will really help out in the run game as well as the passing game.
0: Sean, this is so much fun. I can't wait to do this with all year, man. Here we go. Fat Tuesdays. We'll start breaking down some uh, some film as we move along. That's here. a PH. All right. Fat. I I I hope so. Yeah. K- Given you weigh like 175 pounds now, by the way. <laughs> two, as you continue to shrink.
1: I'm two twenty five.
0: All right, we got Madeline Howard ready to kick us out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Giants Huddle Podcast. Make sure you check us out all year long on Tuesdays. As again, the huddle is now going to be five days a week. It's all brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants.